Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the true speakers out there. I have, a, I have a couple of special guests on with me for this morning's show. I'll start out with uh, Attorney Michelle Simpson, thank you, Queen, for being on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show this morning. If you will say hello to the truth seekers and give a little bit of your background before we let the cat out the bag on this morning's discussion question. But thank you, Queen, for being on the show with us. Thank you for having me. My name is Michelle Simpson. I'm an attorney here in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Howard University undergrad and Harvard Law School. No, I absolutely love it. I also have our returning guest, Mustafa Mahdi. How are you doing, King? Good morning. How are you doing? And if you will, absolutely glad to have you back. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there. Um, introduce yourself to a uh, esteemed lady on the show with us, uh, Michelle Simpson. Well, but if you will, King, introduce yourself and tell them about your youth program. I think it's to this morning's discussion, if you will. Go ahead, King. Yeah, again, and thank you, brother. Thank you for the opportunity. Again, my name is Mustafa Mahdi. Folks call me Baba, Brother Mustafa. Um, I'm happily married, going on 40 years. That's my claim to fame. Most important job I'll ever have is being a father to my children and a husband to my wife. Um, I do a program. I work at the Fulton County Juvenile Court. I'm actually a juvenile probation officer. But like most of us, not in a traditional sense. We care about uh, keeping our kids off paper and getting them on the right path. Uh, my program that I do that uh, Brother Montoya mentioned is called the Smart Moves Young Men's Chess Club. And a big part of that program is preparing young men for the challenges of man, authentic manhood and responsible fatherhood. And, uh, the topic of misogyny is big with us. So I'm glad to be here today to talk a little bit more in depth. 
Now, it sounds good. I'm noticing the phone's going in and out, so I'm, I'm not certain what that might be, but I know if I'm hearing it, the audience is hearing it. Um, so I don't know if you might sure. hold the phone a little different, or sometimes we'll have you call back in if we have a bad connection. But I don't think it's a connection, so I'm just kind of checking with you because I don't want it to, you know, be the case the entire show. So, um, But, you know, if I notice it again, I'll point it out and maybe have you call back in. But to go ahead and get started okay. with this morning's discussion question. Danelle Monet says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? Janelle Monet says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? If you are a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, again, my name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. So often we use the Socratic Matthew Will to, as I say, ask enough questions to get to the right answer. And so with this morning's discussion question, uh, Michelle, I'll throw it back over to you. Uh, what we typically do for our intro, we keep it super simple, and then we'll get a little more in-depth, and we'll go to a break here in a few minutes. But if you will, Queen, when I said, hey, I reached out to you to say, can you come on this show? This is the show title. Uh, when you saw that show title, you being an entertainment lawyer, can you tell me just your initial thought, not so much the thoughts behind the initial thought, but just you saw that question. What, If you could recall, what popped in your mind when you saw me say, hey, come on for this show. This is the show question. What did you think? Uh, did she actually say that? <laughs> That's hey in twenty twenty. That's very fair, right? That is absolutely very fair <laughs> in twenty twenty. Nah, nah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll share a little later to show exactly what she said. We're not even going to start out that way. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a, a, a fair thought in twenty twenty. And it, and I respect it from as a lawyer in you. You you can't help but ask that question because how many of us in today's time never ask that question and just run with it, right? <laughs> Exactly, and it's a very lawyer thought to have. No, absolutely. You know, so anybody out there listening, you just got, uh, you just got basically schooled on the first thing you should ask when you see something that shocks you, uh, especially on 2020. Find out if it's even real. You know what I mean? The concept of fake news. That should be the first question because plenty of people start sharing prior to finding out if it is even real. Uh, Brother Mustafa, if you will, um, if you will, King, your first thought, again, not too in-depth for the initial part. You know, we'll go to break and start getting deeper with it, if you will. But that's the question. Janelle Monet says, cancel hip-hop. What say you? What was your initial thought when you heard that question? Much like your, our attorney guest, I did the same thing. I went straight to see, is this true, and what did she actually say? Hey, I, I love it, man. See, see, I, I would tell people I got the smartest audience in all the radio, so I should not be surprised <laughs> that both of my esteemed guests took, did, did the work. The first real question you have to do, which is, is this true? So again, I appreciate and applaud y'all for that approach. Um, I'll give my initial thought, and then we'll go to a, a break. And I want to highlight something we're going to be doing specifically for. This show we're gonna do a, pretty much a commercial-free show, and again, it's a it's a little a little above to hip hop since we're doing a discussion of hip hop, and we're gonna do both sides of it as far as the perspective on this. But it just to even bring it out the bag, she did she didn't necessarily say it, but she tweeted it, if you will, and I think in in 2020 that that qualifies you as saying it, right? Matter of fact, it's on record once you put it in the the social media atmosphere and put it in writing, right? So uh, she definitely. Mentioning again later in the show, we're going to go specifically what she said in that tweet. Um, but I just wanted to share my initial thought, which was uh, somewhat of a shock, 
simply because, uh, to a certain extent, Diddy was kind of the first one to kind of bring her to the table. Uh, I mean, if I want to go even further back, Big Boy here in Atlanta kind of discovered her first or whatever, and she kind of initially kind of started making her waves in the music industry as they decided she would go under Diddy, if you will, or Sean Combs. And so to a certain extent, we kind of know and think of Diddy as a hip-hop mogul. In a sense, that's kind of where she got her start. So to even see an artist, again, she's not a hip-hop artist, if you will, makes beautiful music. I like her. I like a lot of her music. Very eclectic, if you will, if you've never heard of her. Uh, but with that said, uh, just a you know, just an edge, and and she's definitely had some hit songs and some hit records. Uh, but with that said, starting with Diddy, it's almost like, are you actually, you know, the hand that feeds you, if you will? It's with saying that, you know, are you biting the hand that feeds you from that standpoint? So for her to come out this prevalent, this adamant, and and it was really in reference to be fast to her. And again, we're going to detail that tweet later in the show. But to be fast to her, it was in reference to the amount of misogyny. And if you know any of Janelle Monae's background, it's not a hundred percent surprise that that's something that she would focus on. Focus on, which is obviously Bob uh, Mustafa. That's something that you very, 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 very near to you. So I, I actually particularly ask you to come on that show, on this show, because. That's your perspective, and then obviously um, you, Michelle, as an entertainment lawyer, you're pretty sure dealing with some of these artists, and I've seen some of your perspective. I wanted to basically have you guys kind of talk this out, as we always do on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, as we try to talk about things from um, both sides. But as we go to our first break, as again, I wanted to do a little tribute to hip-hop. I actually have another a friend of mine who's a, a hip-hop artist, and he's been on this show before. His name is Joe Bleas, sponsored by Square Business Entertainment, which is one of our sponsors. He just dropped the album last week. And so one little thing that we're going to be doing for our breaks instead of commercials, we're going to be playing some of his album, just kind of as a backdrop to this morning's show. When we come out of those songs, Mustafa and Michelle, if y'all will, listen to the cuts because the cuts that I play coming out of the songs will be pertinent to this morning's discussion. So we're going to go to our first break. Again, this is a... Tribute to a brother just dropped the album called Bet on Myself, Joe Bleeds. This is his first cut. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Remember that VV around me. Clicky that BF around me. My mind elevating, don't kill my vibration. I'm not in the same place you found me. Look at my dripping, I'm drowning. They say I'm it, how I'm clowning. I'm penny wide when I'm counting. Interest gonna keep on compounding. Bleeds on the beat, they compounding. If I did the beat, it'd be bouncing. I'm telling you twice, come holler at me now, because I'm not going to be cheap when you find me. I got on my knees and I tightened my belt. I needed the game and I got it myself. I hollered my partners, I got me some help. We split up the profits and bet on ourselves. You ain't one of us. 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 Remember they all used to front on us, but now we coming up. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm having a little trouble with the cut. Let me see if I can get it on. We, I may have to do it without the cut. I have some technical difficulties this morning. Let me give it one more try. If I can't, we'll do it without the cut. It's not coming up for some reason. Are y'all bear with me out there? 
Definitely wanted to get this cut. This is something from McCray, uh, actually hip-hop music artist. He had some thoughts on this. It looks like it's not going to come up for me. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and kick this thing off without the cut. I uh, hope that doesn't happen throughout the show because i got plenty of them prepared. Maybe hopefully it's just that one. This morning's discussion question. Danielle Monet says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? Our special guest, Mustafa Body, as well as attorney Michelle Simpson, thank you both for being on. And so, again, hoping I'll be able to play my cuts because I wanted to kind of go over the tweet that she had um, later in the show specifically. But just wanted to get both of your general thoughts in reference to uh, that type of statement being made. It's not the first time we've heard uh, things of this nature. If you recall way back in the day, I would recall Dolores Tucker and her push against hip-hop and, in a sense, came into uh, media fisticuffs with a, a Tupac at one point. Um, they kind of repeated against each other when she was kind of making that call based on a lot of the things that were being promoted in hip-hop at that time. So, Michelle, we'll kind of start with you just in general, again, before we even get specific to Janelle. Uh, just what's your thoughts? Because I'm pretty sure, um, you again, you're in the industry as an entertainment lawyer. It's not the first time you've heard this as well. So just kind of some general thoughts about people when they're making these type of calls in reference to hip-hop music. Any thoughts, Queen? Yeah, um, so as far as in general, because I didn't read her actually say that. I think she said a little something different, but we'll get into that later. Um, But in general, I think uh, I tell people you have to remember most rap is created by people who come from very impoverished um, urban neighborhoods. And so that is going to affect what's in the music. And a lot of times I think we focus on what's in the music, what's um, in the creative arts, but not think about that that's coming from real experiences. There are people listening to it where that, that isn't their real experience. And then some people are listening to it where it is. Um, but a lot of times it's coming from people. And I would like us as a society to focus more on the places where those things that we find uncomfortable, toxic, um, unhealthy, to focus on eradicating that in real life instead of just trying to eradicate it in the music. Hey, strong thoughts. Um, Baba Mustafa, any thoughts for you just in general in reference to these calls to cancel hip-hop in in general? Again, not specific to Janelle, but just the idea of I've heard it before. Um, I would even say, you know, in getting to know you, um, this this seems to be often a concern of yours, but, you know, I'll let you obviously explain yourself. But with that said, you know, what are your thoughts about it or as you hear what Michelle had to say? Any thoughts, Kim? Well, one of, the, one of the first questions, and I hope you can hear me a little bit better now. I've got the tone. No, you're, you're coming too clear. You're good now. Yeah, you're going Okay, clear. very good. Uh, yeah, is uh, – I think I think at some point we really need to make a differentiation between hip hop and rap, and some people even go as far as call it gangster rap nowadays. Um, I'm not a big rap fan for obvious reasons. I'm very uh, sensitive to uh, the misogyny in the music. I hear Sister Simpson loud and clear. In in to a degree what we are hearing is a reflection of what people see. But we also need to consider, and that's why I mentioned the differentiation, 
hip-hop started out with African Bambada in New York back in the 70s. It was a way of expressing uh, creativity. It was music. It was dance. It was in the streets. And it wasn't until the 80s that it became commercialized, and that's where the problems start. I hear you, Sister Simpson. It it at that point became a creation of uh, the industry that wanted to target a specific group. Believe it or not, white males. They went after that white male fan base, and that's when you heard a lot of the hyper masculinity and toxic masculinity and the focus on sex and objectification of women. So this is really and truthfully not a reflection of who we are, even in the most poverty-stricken conditions. It is a reflection of what the industry wants to promote, and that's what concerns me. I have three daughters. I have a mother. I come from a mother. I respect my sisters, and I just, I mean, it's hard for me to listen to, quite honestly. The beat is what gets us, and they know that, but the message is what's very toxic and I think very damaging to us as as a people. No, all fair thoughts. Actually, before you respond, Michelle, I'm gonna, I think I may have this cut available to play. Um, it's going to be actually reflective of a little bit of what both of you had to say. I got this cut from Lecrae, and I just really wanted people to hear it. It's an opportunity to kind of peel back this discussion further. And, again, Lecrae, if you haven't heard of him, is a gospel rapper, well-known, pretty um, sells very well. So if you're not familiar with the craze, real real good lyricist if you're in the hip-hop. Um, but this is just his actual TED Talk talking about this very same concept. So let's play this cut, and Michelle, I'll let you respond out of the um, break from this cut. And then drugs came. I mean, when drugs came, it was like a gold rush. It was literally like a gold rush. Now, in the 80s, nobody understood the implications. But the 90s, they reaped havoc. I lost every man that was important to me, including my father, to the infestation of drugs or the war against them. So, yeah, in the world outside my community, Ronald Reagan was a hero. But in my backyard, he was a villain. I mean, how could Ronald Reagan possibly be a hero to us? How can Scarface possibly not? And so, like I said, in the 90s, you know, hip-hop painted this response. You know, there was this, this big response to all of the stuff that we were seeing in our environment. The murder, the mayhem, the prison, the death, the destruction. And rappers, you know, were speaking a language that we could relate to. I grew up, you know, feeling like I was being raised by Lil Wayne, by Tupac, by, you know, Jay-Z. And in order to understand who I was as a man, I had to construct my own warped sense of masculinity because hip-hop was the language of a generation of men without fathers. Mm. So I'm finding my role models in drug dealers and gang members, piecing together what masculinity looks like. I mean, truthfully, in order to wear the badge of authentic masculinity, you had to be associated in some kind of way with this wayward lifestyle. You certainly needed it to get a record deal. And so what was happening was hip-hop was now being stigmatized as the equivalent of criminal. And guess what we did, unfortunately? We embraced that stigma. Why would we do that? Well, it's a classic psychological strategy. Michelle Alexander writes in her book, The New Jim Crow, that embracing your stigma is a political act, an act of defiance in a society that seeks to demean a group of people 
based on an inalterable trait. We found ourselves in a nation that saw us as criminals, so we embraced it. Besides, it was good marketing. I mean, in the 80s, hip-hop's target audience was black, male, and urban. By the 90s and 2000s, it had spread out to the suburbs, and the largest purchases of hip-hop were white suburban males. So when the music was indigenous to its own community, it was positive, socially aware, and anti-drug. When it broadened out and diversified to the suburbs, it embraced criminality, sold it for profit. Socially consciousness and positivity was out. Criminality and gangsterism was in. Wow. Michelle, your thoughts too. Lecrae's thoughts. I have many myself, but we'll start with you again, Queen. Any thoughts to what you just heard? Yeah, it mirrors a lot of um, what I was going to say in response. It, it wasn't – so everything in life is usually more complicated than we make it and a lot of times more simple than we make it in a certain ways. So um, what I'm talking about is true. It does come from people in impoverished neighborhoods. And what um, the other guest is talking about as far as, it, you know, what changed in the 80s, that's when uh, crack cocaine hit. So it is coming from real experiences. Now, there's a lot of people in our community that can rap and that wants to rap. The overabundance of a certain a type of rap, a certain type of uh, messaging in the music is definitely done by people in positions of control within the industry and who they're wanting to market to. And so it is completely true that the majority of consumers, as far as raw numbers, our community consumes rap at a higher percentage than other communities, but we're about you know, 12 to 15% 12%. of the yeah. country. So the raw numbers are there more white and, and usually male um, who consume it and also are in control of the organizations that are, you know, funding it to the highest degree. And so there is that element of this is the type of imagery they, they prefer to see and hear from us and that's what the majority of people who are giving deals and giving promotion are going to say. But a lot of these artists, these are real things they have gone through and they have seen. And so that's why I don't like to attack the artists unless I know them personally and know of um, shortcomings they have. And instead, let's tackle the problems that are in the community that are producing these type of things. Now, strong thoughts. I'm going to let you give a response to that, and then I'm going to go to a caller. If you're out there listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So, yeah, Dr. Veal, you'll give a response, and we're going to go to a caller after you. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, if, if I may, I want to read just a, a, a real quick piece from, because I don't want us to get too far away from what Janelle actually said. That was very important to me. Uh, what did she actually say? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to make sure you just know, so you know, I'm playing that next. So just, we're going to, we're going to, we're literally going to play exactly what she said. So just to give you that, you know what I mean? Just so you know, that is going to play next. Go ahead. Go ahead, King. Okay. But real, real quick, this is the first quote that jumped out to me. So 
the amount of misogyny for most of men in rap and, and music is infuriating. Misogyny in entertainment, boardrooms, the White House, households, corporate spaces, army, church, lets us all know y'all don't care about women on a human to a human level, and you never have. If you did, you would have abolished it centuries ago. You've had time. And to to respond to Sister, Sister Simpson, I feel you. I don't want to attack the artist. I remember when I was young, we come up, socialized the same way to think a certain way. And toxic masculinity, just keeping it real, is part of the, manscape, the landscape. And I, I, I was listening to what the artist said in, in the piece you played. He said, to, to claim authentic masculinity, you had to accept that role. But I put that in quotes. How do we define authentic masculinity? And that's where we are right now. I think that's the challenge that so many of our young men have because as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to attack a young artist, but I do hold him accountable for the words that come out of his mouth. If they are abusive, oppressive, or violent towards black women, we have to, we have to hold them accountable because we can't change the industry. But if T.I. is in the community, and T.I. is saying things in his music, and he has a daughter, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to pull T.I.'s coattail before I pull anyone else's. And so you you end up attacking the artist whether you recognize it or not in that perspective. And it's not so much that I'm trying to defend the artist. I am just helping you understand that if their accountability is going to be just there, then you are leaving it up to the artists who who may not have another perspective. But, you know, you and I have had some of those discussions. Let me go to oh, yeah. the, call, um, the caller. Yeah, we've definitely had those discussions. We'll continue it here. Let me go ahead and go to the caller. Nikki Dalton out of da- Dallas, Texas. Am I right with that, King? Is that you on the line? Yes, sir. That That is me. We, we're going to rep- represent all of the Texas specifically, but, yes, we're in the Dallas, Texas. Now, what you got? Give us your three cents this morning, King. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, so uh, great discussion. Um, the moment I heard about it, I was, I was captivated. I really wanted to dive in on this, um, and I'll try to be as succinct as I can be. Um, I think just from what I'm hearing, um, okay, I, um, I, I, my, my thoughts, I think the sister is doing an excellent – you, you both are stating your perspectives very, very well, but my thoughts are more in line with uh, what the sister's saying, and I, I did not catch you all's name, so I apologize. Please don't be offended. What no, I'm no, saying you probably got Michelle artic- and Mustafa, so pretty simple. But just, yeah, okay. Michelle and Mustafa, okay. pretty right. simple. Go ahead, Ken. So my thoughts, my, my, my uh, default position is in line with where she's coming from in that um, I, I do agree that it's a lot of these, these people's experiences that, that, that they're rapping about. Um, I don't agree with the, with, the, with the notion that when it became commercialized, um, that's when it kind of went wrong. What I this and I'm gonna share my experience with hip hop and when I really got into it and it was when I was around 12 or 13 in the in the mid to late 80s specifically when two when two groups came out uh, or two groups were really popping I was raised in Atlanta so very much privy to Miami music and two live crew was popping um, and yes that was I can't defend it. <laughs> In a lot of senses, I would be hard pressed to find some 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 music of theirs that was maybe socially conscious or or uh, that grabbed me in that way. Uh, but what I do also remember is that the the founder of um, of uh, the the major record label there was was Luke Skywalker or Luke Camp Luther Campbell, 
and, and he wind up using his platform to defend free speech. So I do think that is a positive element of, of someone or a group that was really seen as very, very negative and certainly misogynistic uh, overall. Over to, the, over to the West Coast, NWA hit hard. We had, I had never heard music like that. Okay, and then the shout out to the, to the Northeast. They were always pretty much the, the real conscious uh, group, particularly in in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And I would say really gave birth to hip hop. Now, when I heard that music from the West Coast with Easy E and all them, um, I, I was maybe too young. I didn't hear. The, I wasn't focused on the misogyny. What I heard was pain. I heard young men that were getting beaten by the police, that were being harassed, that were that were having this really unique struggle. And yes, it was environmental uh, conditions that played into it: crack, cocaine, and hustling, and growing up without fathers, and gang banging, and all those kind of things. If you think about Ice T, they all were telling stories then that we're dealing with right now in 2020. Okay, so it 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 didn't really get bad to me. It was a reality that was being articulated. Through art, okay? The other part about this that I want to talk about is uh, we really focus on the men, and I am, I try my best to be a very accountable person first, and I do understand our responsibility as men and how to treat women, period, or how, and how to treat people, but I understand that role, and, that, and I take that responsibility seriously. However, I could, there are a litany, a huge, robust population of women that love hip-hop. <laughs> I don't remember which one. He goes, he does. Uh, I'm going to play that cut. I'm going to play that cut, brother. It's coming. (laughs) Okay, that's funny. I didn't even know you were doing that. My point is, it is very, very true. The songs that could be the absolute most deplorable and the most misogynistic, women, they'll be in a red light bumping their head to it because this, the the point I'm trying to make is whether you're male or female, these are songs that a lot of people want to hear. Regardless of, and I think uh, Brother Mustafa said, the beat grabs you. Yes, but it is the beat. It's the vibe. One's reaction to music, if it evokes any type of emotional response, then that song has served a purpose, and maybe it's not the right purpose, but that's my point. And so, and the other part about the women, and again, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying we need to have a total discussion. One, there are women that like it, love it, and will defend it. And then there are women that play into it as well, that choose to be video vixens, if you will, choose to be objectified. Uh, even some of the female rappers uh, are kind of raunchy and nasty. And not, you know, whether well, it's let me say this, style, brother, because you're up against our break. Now you're actually up against our break, but it's the perfect segue into um, the next cut uh, after we play our next Joe Bleed song again, we're featuring that brother. If you're out there on the line and want to get in, you do have to press one. But thank you for your three cents this morning. Good stuff. We'll talk about it out of the break. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone Seems like all they want It's just a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it, but they don't 
what am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm overdue. Worked a couple lifetimes. I feel like I'm over too. Feel like I got more to do. I know I ain't done yet. Handle what you supposed to do. Gotta teach my son. It's a blessing in the sunrise. Wake up and return it. I just hope that you can learn that before the sun sets. Cause when the morning comes, we're gonna keep going on. Hi, y'all, so peep this. Janelle Monet understands hip-hop has its own issues to reckon with in regards to change. On Friday, July 3rd, the singer-actress wrote on Twitter, I really only ever want to hear women rapping. The amount of misogyny from most of men in rap and music is infuriating. We need to abolish that shit, too. Y'all can't wait to call women every bitch hug discuss violent acts against women, etc., for clout and rap, rock and throughout music history. She continued, misogyny has never been okay, yet has become normalized. Women didn't create misogyny, y'all did, so you do the work to abolish it. She added in a follow-up tweet, the only gaslighting I accept is the gas we lighting to burn down the misogyny. Monet's sentiments were shared by actor India Moore, who wanted to go one step further. Abolish culturalized sexism, misogyny, queerphobia, anti-blackness, and toxic counterfeit masculinity from all art, the post-art wrote, but especially the forms of it that reperpetrate these cycles in black culture via black music. Let's keep our artists and challenge them to transform inside out. The calls for an end to misogyny in hip-hop are well documented from the likes of D. Barnes to artists such as Queen Latifah, Rhapsody, and more. In 2018, Murs broke it down for Hip Hop DX's The Breakdown series and the history of the use of the word bitch in hip hop, showcasing how prevalent misogyny is in rap lyrics. According to the Genius Rap Stats, the word is the second most used word in hip hop, only behind n***a. The reckoning in regards to misogyny and more has been everywhere in 2020 from the Russell Simmons documentary on the record to titans of the industry wanting to tear down old norms. In her graduation speech to the class of 2020, Beyonce told the class, the entertainment business is still very sexist. It's still very male dominated. And as a woman, I did not see enough female role models given the opportunity to what I knew I had to do to run my label and management company to direct my films and produce my tours that meant ownership, owning my masters, owning my art, owning my future and writing my own story. And that be 
often how we're portrayed. We're portrayed very seriously and either very religiously solemn, spiritual, I should say, or savages, like the original definition of savages, uh, the Indian savage type of stereotype. And I thought that was very interesting because a lot of times it's, it, it changed the way I thought about a lot of things as far as our images. It's not necessarily that anything is bad in and of itself. I like what the caller said about, you know, somebody that had negative imagery on this hand also did, uh, change, you know, expose police brutality, um, push freedom of speech. It's just that when you have an overabundance of it um, with the white culture, there's no type of a white person that we don't ever see. You see the negatives, the positives, the in-between, but you see so many of them, it's not possible for you to watch one movie and think all white people are like that. With us, it's different. It's not that they shouldn't have a song like that. We're sexual beings, and there's nothing wrong with embracing your sexuality. But if, that, if that's the only type of music or a large majority of the music, then it paints us um, it's easy to stereotype us, or and it's really not we being stereotyped from the music. We're stereotyped before the music, and then the music is used to reinforce right. that. Um, and so that's the problem is in the diversity of it. And, again, that goes back to the people who are in control who like those images and are selecting people who are coming from authentic places when they create that. That's really their experiences. That's really how they feel. And, and they're selecting people like that instead of selecting a wide range of people who also have authentic experiences, and it's really how they feel, but it's, they don't have that type of music at all. Or like Beyonce, if you look over her catalog of music, you cannot say that that's all she pushes. Um, that's just an aspect of her, like all of us have different aspects of us. I think that's a great thought. I'm going to say this real quick, and I'll let you jump back in, uh, Brother Mustafa. So in playing that cut, for, for example, from a Meg the Stallion, Stallion, you may have heard or maybe caught during the prior to the song coming on, uh, the cut mentioned one of my favorite fe- uh, female rappers, which is Rhapsody. Uh, well, I, I think I think she's amazing. Um, I don't know if you ever heard her, but she's that definitely of that conscious Lauren Hill thought process, if you will. So they mentioned her. Uh, but if you think about a, a Meg the Stallion, if you know a little bit about her, she's a college graduate, from what I understand. Um, and she says it in her song, bougie and ratchet, kind of that aspect of what Michelle's saying, that as humans, we can be all of those things. And I know for her, while she is the up front, out front, like, she's, like Michelle said, she checks the box. Personally, she has a team around her that she plans to bring up with her and she focuses from what I understand. It's a little bit I've learned about her. Um, she's quite intelligent though. You may not, if you only heard her music, you might not be able to tell it because she is, I even said the word, unfortunately, she is unfortunately in a sense pushing those stereotypes. But I do agree with Michelle that these are who we are as humans. And to a certain extent, those artists are just exposing that side of themselves too. And so, Mustafa, I'll push it, I'll bring it back to you in the sense of, you know, for example, of Meg the Stallion, if you're not, I don't know if you're familiar with her or whatever, but, you know, she takes that name based on her body imaging and that's kind of put out front. I, I'm personally, let me say this to you, even in, in my defense of hip hop, uh, where, I, where I 100% stand with you, America has always had a problem with over-sexualizing 
our women. That is an American problem. So I'm not necessarily wanting to let hip hop off the hook in in the sense in my defense of her as an individual being able to show both sides of herself. Uh, I, I think I'm just kind of relegating that foundationally the over sexualizing of our women is such an American problem. That that I, I feel your pain too, so I just want to make sure you understand that I'm aware of that as well. But I'll let you kind of jump in and give us your thoughts um, in reference to what we've had to say. Go ahead, King. Yeah, and and real quick, let me just throw this in: every two minutes in America, a woman is raped. Every two minutes. To think that the the messaging, the way we're socialized, has nothing to do with that. It's 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 just not it doesn't even make sense. It's just important that and I'm going to go back to something Sister Simpson said. If there were balance, to hear that the B word is the most commonly used word next to the N word in rap music should be troubling to all of us. And this is not about attacking because you'll never solve the problem by going after individual artists. And I mentioned I only mentioned Ti because I saw one of his videos this morning. As I was doing a little research, I don't want to target individual artists. I want to hold them accountable. And to me, that's not an attack. That's just saying, you got a daughter at home. Do you want your daughter portrayed this way? And once again, we want to look at what is the predominant message that's being promoted. I think the the caller said something that kind of stood out in my mind. He said, well, when I looked out at the West Coast, can't remember the artists he mentioned, but some of the artists were talking about the mistreatment by the police, and that was easy talking about mistreatment by the police. That was part of their message. But at the same time that black men are being attacked by police, so are black women. In addition to dealing with racism, our sisters are dealing with racism and sexism within our own households, within our own community, within the same messaging. So that's why it's so critically important. It's like we're talking around what Janelle was trying to point out, which the reason she's speaking up is, and I heard you say earlier she came in under Diddy. Well, that, that was her intro into the, into the business. That does not discount her experience now that she's in the business with hearing this same message, negative message about women over and over and over again to the point that, she had to say something. And and if you don't mind, at some point, you know my, my better Let me hat. do this. Let me do this. We're actually up against the break. We're up against the break. So let me go to the break first, yeah. and then we'll get into um, some of what you had to say. You're listening to the Mental yeah. Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. You be smiling on the outside. Real feelings hot on the inside. Every day you gotta take it in stride. Need to unwind, we're going on a joyride. With a couple pretty girls from the south side. Complaining, but I feel like life ain't changed. No, 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 baby. I would never show it on the outside. Even on the inside, I'd be feeling like a stranger. Everywhere I go, don't nobody speak my language. Oh, oh, oh. There's nobody out there. Feel like I've been feeling. 
wonder why I feel like I'm the only one that's different. Whoa, cause I'm be tripping. Whoa, I wish somebody listened. Does anyone out there know somebody? Know somebody? Know somebody? Just tell them to keep smiling. Keep smiling outside. Real feel- you know, and, and matter of fact, some of the white kids are sick of their their fathers telling them about the community. They want to hear what's the problem of the show because they're problems. You know, it's not like, you know, like we, we're putting a bad front in for the community. The community is going to all hell because poverty and frustration does not mix. And when you have that time bomb, it blows up like it did in April of 1992. So, um, you know, the kids are starting to say, look, Pops, all that stuff you were saying, put that aside. We're becoming their heroes. And that's really why why the media is in a frenzy, because the white kids are taking Bon Jovi and all these clowns off their wall, putting up Ice Cube and Public Enemy, and they're, uh, they're starting to listen to what we have to say. Because it's not all on the gangster tip. A lot of it is really political, and that's where the problem stands. Okay, I'm thinking it in. It's <laughs> I'm listening. What about the issue of women? Women are denigrated, and we listen to that call-in show. A lot of women are really upset, and I go into the high schools, and young girls resent being called bitches when they walk down the hall like, this is cool, right? Because these guys want to emulate you all. And Well, my answer on that is that uh, I, only, I only call them how I see them. If you come to me like a man, like when you walked in, I said, how you doing? Man, are you coming to me like a sister? I'm going to say, how you doing, sister? But if you come to me another way, I have to speak on that too. I don't also only speak on the, the women that influence the community because sex influences this community, you know. It's why everybody wants that band so they can have the girls look. So I have to speak on that. But I also speak about the brothers that influence the community and uh, call them suckers if they, if they act like them, you know. And my philosophy is, you throw a rock in a pack of dogs, and the only one howler is the one that got hit. What does that mean? <laughs> that means if you're hit by something I say, you're the only one that's howling. But if you're not hit, you don't howl. So evidently, in my records, they see themselves, and they say, wait a minute. That's not right. That's not right. But the ones that don't see themselves say, oh, they ain't talking about me. And if you see yourself in my uh, records, you definitely better check yourself. Oh, you wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's your song? Definitely. That's your song. That's Check yourself song. before you... Yeah. Okay, now that's supposed to be a positive rap song, right? It is a positive rap song. Okay, why is it positive? Because you check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you're doing something crazy, you need to check the way you're doing it before you end up uh, behind bars or in the ground. Very positive. So it's almost a warning. I mean, you're speaking. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost a warning. And you you got to understand that rap music uh, has some. Uh, Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest, Attorney Michelle Simpson, as well as Mustafa Mahdi. Thank you both for being on with me this morning's discussion question. Danielle Monet says to cancel hip-hop. What say you, to be specific? Uh, she said to cancel the misogyny in hip-hop. But, of course, Michelle, I got to make I gotta make people listen to the show, so if I had to say that specifically, no one would listen. So, you know, we played on the words a little bit. Uh, but as you hear, um, uh, Ice, uh, 
Ice Cube interview from 93, kind of giving his perspective on his own music. And he kind of ends and says, hey, some, you know, this particular song is an actual warning. We're just speaking on how it is, uh, but specifically to the misogyny that you heard him speak to um, before we get to a couple of callers trying to um, get in. Um, any thoughts to what you heard an Ice Cube say where he says, I'm just calling it like I see it, and I wouldn't reference you know, or, or a sister that comes at me this way, that way, but this sister hit dog holler is kind of how he called it. Um, your thoughts on it as as a woman, if you will, how do you hear um, Ice Cube's message? Well, first, um, that is true. There are a lot of artists where no matter how negative their music seems, if you meet them in person, they're usually, um, you know, I, I'm an attorney, so I'm going to be, presented a different way than somebody they meet in a club, a strip club, or somebody that's trying to get back to the hotel with them. Um, so I don't meet a lot of artists who come at me in a very negative way. Um, so that is true that there is a difference. But it's still, you know, sexism is a problem in our society, and that affects women and men, like I said before. So a lot of women are just emulating what they've seen just like I said, the music comes from a, a lot of times people that are in toxic environments. A lot of women who um, present themselves that way are coming from being sexually assaulted at a very young age, um, right. and that tends to make people over-promiscuous uh, that we know mm -hmm. just from studies. And so it, a mm -hmm. lot of them are coming from pain, and then you're piling on top of that as a community to respond to them in very negative ways. And so it's a problem, but, again, I'll keep saying it throughout the show every time it's my turn. To me, you, you, you're you not going to stop the problem by uh, hitting the mirror. The, the music, the art is a reflection of what's going on in society. And so what Mustafa said about it doesn't make sense that those things don't have an effect, I'm not saying they don't have an effect. It's an augmentation, but the source comes from these things are really happening, and we need to address where they're really happening, or there's just going to keep, you can stop the music being um, done. That's not going to stop it happening in the community. You know, those, those sexual assaults are not happening because people listen to the music. There's a very um, uh, negative viewpoint of women in our society. And so those things need to be addressed in our society. And then you won't have people with that mindset growing up to produce the music, and you won't have people wanting to buy that type of music primarily because that's not what's happening in our society. But as long as it's still happening in our society, you, it's, it's like trying to stop drugs by taking the people off the streets. You know, as long as there's still users and as long as there's still people making the, the product somewhere, they're just going to find somebody else to sell it. Strong thoughts. I'm going to say this is something I know you would agree with, Mustafa, and definitely want to hear your thoughts, and we'll get to the caller after you. Um, so here's a thought I know you would – you may have even seen me on, say it on Facebook before, but sometimes I, I throw this out there because – I line up, I will admit, I line up to a lot of what Michelle's saying, but here's a thought that I don't know if it's necessarily a challenge to what she's saying, but it is something for our community to think about. And I just simply have this thought that when it became viably and commercially okay to refer to the black woman as a bitch, and I'm talking about commercially, when that became a viable and okay thing to do, I just simply say the black community lost. 
And I, I still Absolutely. stand by that, even in me feeling similar to Michelle in the sense that focusing on the music, I like that word she uses, more of an augmentation versus the values that even create, you know, the create these situations. But I'll let you give me your thoughts, and then we're going to go to a caller before the top of the hour. Go ahead, King. It, and real quick, it, you know my queen is right here with me. She wanted to chime in, if that's okay. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, course. yeah please, yeah, please bring, in, bring in the, the, the queen. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you. Yeah, jump in. Give us your three cents this morning. How are you guys doing today? I just, uh, I was working out, and my husband uh, wanted me to chime in. And I wanted, from what I've heard, I honestly agree with what everyone is saying. And the greatest challenge we have, I think, as a black family in recognizing how we matter as a whole is that in this culture, from our beginning, from our enslavement, we were taught to dissect ourselves meaning we became genderfied. And in, within our identified gender, we took on roles. And like you said, when that word bitch was incorporated to our community, it took away a part of ourselves. Also adapting the idea that a young man can be a nigga. It's the same reflection where it's taken away from our humanity and dissect us, dissected us in a way where we can, that we tend to identify with those terms and try to make them positive. At the same time, believe and think that we are not both living under both terms, taking away the gender. We all are suffering from being the people who are in that, who've been commercialized to believe that I am what I have, meaning rappers would not be rapping if they were, enti- were not enticed with all the external things that says that makes them important as men, and they've been separated from their humanity. So understanding that with the word bitch and nigger, it has been ingrained in all of us and our children. You understand? Because what happens in the cycle is that when it's all said and done, who suffers? Our children. What are they? Male and female. So the greatest struggle is recognizing we are not one or the other. We've been taught that in this culture. And that's a difficult concept to recall because we all want our egos to be stroked. Each time a male says a woman is a bitch, even when he hits her, it's empowering to him based off the European philosophy a man must control things. When a woman goes in and tries to attract a young man and say that I'm beautiful, I'm desired, that's from the perspective of the European philosophy that I'm only external. And so within that struggle, it's going to take a lot of internal work, and not from a religious standpoint, but we can incorporate that. It comes from the realization, again, once upon a time, we knew we were one. Once upon a time, we knew we were one. And that's the greatest challenge to wipe out the idea that we are only male and female. I always tell people I am my mother and father, father and mother, and no one can separate me from the two. And if we knew that, no, absolutely. how can I yeah. No, absolutely. I definitely respect that. We are at the top of the hour. Uh, for the callers that are out there trying to get in, we're going to definitely get you all in coming out of 
this top of the hour break again. We are featuring the music of Joe Bleas. Um, brother Mustafa, I hope you're enjoying a little bit of what my brother got. He, he tries to he brings a little something for the 25 and up, if you will. And so I, I love the music, and I hope you're enjoying it. Ain't the you know we got he got some stuff in there too that you might not like, but that ain't the majority of what he's doing. So I hope you enjoy some of what you're hearing. I, I, I've heard it. We'll be right back. I can dig it. I can dig it. Like I said, we just featured some of his latest. This album just dropped a week ago. And, again, my sponsor, Square Business Entertainment, uh, they're, they're one of our sponsors. So I'm glad to highlight what he's doing. We'll be right back discussing Janelle Monet Says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? All I ask is that you think. Please don't. I've been running lights, running for my life. Differences made no difference now. Maybe the next one will stick around. Maybe y'all will be perfect. Same circus, different clown. Different now. Like two chains, two and same, move the same. New rules, new game. Back on my Luke Kane. Look who came to do what you came. Make a move in two lanes. Make a music that bang. Make a fool of you lame. Telling the truth, now tell me that don't make a difference. You want the love, you don't know about the life. You can't afford it if you ask him about the price. And if the finish line is the winning prize, why we run the lights? You want the love, you don't know about the life. Welcome back to Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, 
Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, a special guest, Mustafa Mahdi, as well as attorney Michelle Simpson. This morning's discussion question. Janelle Monet says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? We got a couple of callers waiting, so I'm going to jump to uh, callers. Area code 678, last 3306. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Good day. This is uh, Tedison calling from Atlanta. Uh, Michelle and Mustafa and Montoya. I guess this is the M&M-M uh, day. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, we, hey, we, hey, that's right. We are, we are a new rap team. Triple M, baby. Tri- triple M's right here. <laughs> I see. <laughs> we, hey, we coming out next week, brother. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> Um, I'm enjoying you guys' show. It's a very good uh, discussion. Uh, but I will say this. I agree with uh, Janae Monet. I yes. remember uh, YG was, had to go out and apologize to the LGBTQ community. And Nicki Minaj, she made a video for her song only. And she, too, was forced to go and apologize to the Jewish community, and she went on to say she took full responsibility if she offended anyone, and she would never condone Nazism. So he, the, my thing is this. If these rappers went on to do all these apologies, I have never seen a rapper apologize, or at least the well-established rappers made any apology for how they have made Oh, hip-hop has made uh, be angry, being cool, pushing the drug culture. You know, you look mm. at things like materialism, stealing meanness, and, you know, the over-sexualization and degrading of a woman. They don't apologize to that. They don't apologize to right. the culture. And so this is where I have an issue with hip-hop. Another problem I see with hip-hop is that when you look at other cultures, you could you could look at the any 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 culture at all. We look at the music; they do not do the things we do in our music, and we condone those things. We seem to be okay with it. We let our oh, it's the young people music. Let them listen to it. Let them have a good. No, I think we really and truly have to take another look and say, listen, we cannot accept these things. I mean, you look at word nigger. We are okay with these rappers using these, these angry word as if it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fine for our community. We've got to stop that, man. It's, it's, it's too messy. So let me jump in right here. I'm going I'm to challenge you real quick, and I want to hear what Michelle has to say. And I'm not, I'm not challenging necessarily because I disagree with you. This is the Mental Dialogue talk show, so this is what we do. And so, um, again, I, I mean, say this too. Let me say valid points, you know, from your perspective. So let me say that as well. Um, here's my challenge. When you say, "Hey, we got to stop this," oh, so what? I, what pops in my heart, my head continuously as I hear, you know, you reference that as well as Brother Mustafa, Mustafa saying it. But what pops in my head is, you know, I'm the same age as hip hop, and hip hop became my life. And this is kind of what you know, music can do. It can culturally be a part of you, and every generation kind of remembers what music they grew up with. Uh, and I'm a, and I'm an old soul, so I love all kind of music. But I say all this to simply say that the reality, when we even focus on, for example, those words, nigger and bitch and things of this nature, well, I was sneaking and listening to Richard Pryor and Dolomite 
way prior to ever getting my hands on a rap album. And and my my point is to kind of say, let's not act like this is not part of our culture and our whole selves, and not so much us as black people. This is the human experience within in any culture. It all exists, the good and bad. Again, this is not a complete defense of what I'm saying. I mean, defense against what you're saying, I mean, I mean to say. Um, but it is an aspect of when you kind of say, Tennyson, when you say, yeah, we got to stop this, I think of it from a realistic perspective of remembering when I got my hands on that first Easy e album and it being so different than any hip-hop I had ever heard, and I'm already – inundated with it from 85. I mean, as soon as it, I mean, I was, I was on it. I was on it as a kid. And when I get an easy ear, I'm like, I never heard anything like this. And at the end of the day, here's my point. This is what I want to hear you t- talk about. As a young person, there was nothing any adult could have done to stop me from getting my hands on my rebel music. Every generation does it. In the 70s, it was funk and disco. In the 60s, it was rock and roll. In the 80s, it was heavy metal for white kids. You were, there was nothing you could have done to stop me from getting my hands on. Not Keep this in mind, hip-hop at that time definitely had a plenty of balance. So I'm not talking about getting my hands on just the easy E of the world. I'm bumping Public Enemy. I'm bumping... X Clan as well, but this 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 gangster rap which I had was another genre within it. I was gonna get my hand on it just like I got my hand on X Clans. I I will say commercially, the kids are not born in the balance that we were born in. That is a fair comment. But I'm just kind of saying when we say we gotta stop it, I don't think we ever think about unrealistic it is to just simply say stop it in that manner. I think Michelle has beautifully kind of been pointing out that ultimately the things we're talking about are way more cultural than, you know, just in the music. And and I'm going to say a share later just to say this too. I'm not going kind of long. I am going to say that there are psychological effects, and Michelle's kind of alluded to that too. She's not saying these effects are not real. It's just when we start kind of attacking it to kind of say here's where we make the difference, I'm saying it may be somewhat fruitless to a certain extent. Any thoughts on that, Tennyson? Well, I mean, you're making some good points, but the way I look at it is this. You can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. <laughs> and what happened in the, with, with, with the 60s and 70s, and as you alluded to, NAA, they were protesting. They were protesting police brutality and all that different stuff. Yes. What are we protesting now in, the, in our music? Yes. But if we're talking about materialism and we're talking about sexualization and all that stuff, and you also mentioned Richard Pryor. Richard Pry, you are absolutely right. Use those nigger words a lot. But when Richard Pry went to Africa and yes. he got educated, he came back to America and apologized for using yes. those languages. You cannot, let me tell you this, there's so many words that are so angry that you cannot, you cannot beautify it. You cannot beautify bitch, nigger. You cannot beautify faggot. You, you just something about those words that when people use those words, they're not, they're not saying it into, a, into a, a way of, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to see you. Yes, you may <laughs> say that to your boy, hey, there's my nigger. But at the same time, when someone else says it, then the anger comes out. So there are just right. certain things that we have to just say, you know what, man, we cannot do that. And, when, uh, when we do this to other culture, 
they go after her. I mean, the the Jewish community went after Nicki Minaj, and rightfully so. And she had to apologize. I mean, when are we our, when are we going to hold our artists accountable? It's the same way <laughs> with other communities. So let me jump in, brother. I got a couple of the callers. Let me, I got to let me jump in. Okay. Got a couple of the callers. Um, what I will say in reference to because you brought that example up again. What I will say is. We do have other cultures apologize when we think they've transgressed against us. Uh, within cultures, rarely do you see um, cultures do that within themselves to a certain extent. So, so just keep that in mind that we do ask other cultures to apologize to us when we feel like they've transgressed us. Just, just a thought for you to have. But thank you so much. Great call, Tennyson. Um, I'm a, I'm a, we've got a couple of callers, y'all, so y'all bear with me. Michelle, jump in real quick. Um, before we go to this break, the callers that are out there, we're going to get you out after the break. Go ahead, Michelle. Um, yeah, I would say a lot of times what we suffer from is over and under um, describing a problem. So, yes, there are um, other cultures that have negative type of music, rock, heavy metal, um, and then our music isn't just hip-hop, jazz, R&B, blues. So there is um, this tendency to see it as we're the only ones that always do something, and that's rarely true. Um, there have been, like just recently, Snoop apologized for his negative um, description of uh, Gail King. So there, there are times I don't have a list in front of me of every single time somebody's you know, apologize or not apologize, but I think just in general, when we see a legitimate problem, we're so passionate about it, we tend to over-describe it and then under-describe the things that are actually happening positively. Because even within hip-hop, there are artists that aren't that negative or aren't always talking negativity. But I wanted to say, I actually looked up before we got on the call, and I just hadn't had a chance to put it in there. Um, the, the claim that bitch and nigger are the most prevalently used words in hip-hop um, through genius. And I didn't find that information. Actually, the most prevalently used are terms associated with wealth, um, talking about money and um, mm -hmm. all words that associate with that as well as brands and stuff like that, and which would make sense mm -hmm. from the viewpoint I'm talking about is that you have people that are in poverty um, that are mostly – where right. the artistry comes from. And so <laughs> I do think that having that yeah, well, out there break, is important. Brother, and that's not... Break. And, break. and, and, no, and no, that's not to say that there still is no. yeah. Okay, perfect. And that's not to say there still isn't a problem. I don't want anybody to hear my words and say, oh, she's saying it's no problem. I'm saying the problem mm -hmm. is in our culture, in our community, um, in how we've been treated and how we've internalized it. And once you start doing the hard work of being in the community, and this is not our front on Mustafa because he's doing that, and, and that's why okay. he's so passionate about this topic. Um, but as all of us, let's pull our, pull our um, you know, uh, sleeves up and let's get in there and do the hard work in the community, and then you'll see the reflection of that hard work in the music. Now, I love it. We are against the break, brother and stuff. I will let you respond come out of the break before we go to the callers. You're listening to the Dialogue Talk Show. <laughs> now, I, know, I understand you got to work with me, brother. I, again, I'm taking care of my sponsor who, who keeps me on the air. I, I, you know, if you, yeah, they keep me on the air, so I definitely need to make sure I take care of them. You listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. <laughs>
Tell me you love me, tell me you're riding. Tell me you need me, baby, when I be inside it. Tell me I'm special, I'm number one in your lineup. Tell me I'm more important than all your designers. I just want somebody I can call my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl, there's something about you that be drilling me. I be catching feelings when you finna leave. Got that nigga wanna make a mini me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, you got me strong, I don't even love you. No intervention, can't nobody tell me nothing. We should get secluded out of London. Tell me you love me. Tell me you're riding. Tell me you need me, baby, when I be inside it. Tell me I'm special, I'm number one in your lineup. Tell me I'm more important than all your designers. You're talking about censorship. I don't believe that. I believe in cent- I believe in free art. Make whatever you want. I believe you should make music about anti-Semitism. I believe you should make music about killing dogs. I believe in this country you should make music uh, uh, about uh, bashing homosexuals and driving them behind trucks. I believe you should make music about uh, stringing people up on, on, on trees. I believe you should make music about killing Whitey. I believe you should make all that music. But I also believe that in the mainstream marketplace, people should hesitate associating their name with certain content. You know, there's certain stuff you can't buy at the store, certain stuff you can't get on iTunes because their brand doesn't want it. But if you want to hear black people celebrating killing black people, they got thousands and thousands and thousands of those things to sell you. I don't think it's about censorship. I think it's about American cultural hypocrisy. Because here's the truth. These black entertainers, they can't sing just about anything. There's some stuff that will get them fired, and they get dropped, and they get fired, and they get slapped on the wrist, and they get disciplined all the time. Why? Because sometimes they step over the bounds. A very famous case is what happened with Rick Ross. Rick Ross is the Mammy Two-Shoes, one of the many Mammy Two-Shoes of our day. He's, he's a black entertainer in a world carved out for him and a role carved out for him by white entertainment companies. And one day he talked about, in the middle of a song that celebrated dealing drugs and killing blacks, he made a reference to date rape. And when he made that reference to date rape, that set social media on fire. That got 100,000 petitions in 24 hours. Hey, buddy, date rape is no joke. That had white people standing outside of Reebok in New York saying, you better take this seriously. We're tired of a rape culture in America. One line in one song moved the masses. And you know what Reebok did? Did they stand by him and say, hey, we believe in freedom of speech. We believe in freedom of expression. It's just a song. Calm down. No, they fired his tail on the spot. The president came out and said, this goes against our high standards. He's gone against the values of our brand. Shame on Rick Ross. We're disappointed. He doesn't know how serious date rape is. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, how convenient. Isn't that amazing? But here's what really happened. It's not their brand. It's not their values. Rick Ross went off script. He was hired to get black customers, and they think that black customers go with black bait. And in America, black bait is the hypercriminalized, hypersexualized portrayal of black people. And as long as he had sung about that, the stuff that got him hired, he still have a job at Reebok. But when he touched other sensitivities that affect us, he lost his job. See, the truth is it's not they that need to change. It's we that need to change. We, we created the lies. We created them for our profit. We, the, we own the companies. We own the record labels. We own the advertisers, and we keep putting it out. And it's this that's got to change. I thought about it. You know what? I, I wonder if White Mike could get anybody's attention on this. So I stood outside of a Walmart, and I said, hey, uh, I don't think killing cops and killing blacks is very cool. And you know what? It only took seven weeks of Mike Mike standing out there, and they wrote a letter and said, yeah, we don't think it's cool either. We're going to pull our name off of that. The largest retailer in the world had never considered that maybe their commercial shouldn't be right before or after. 
after a song about young black men being gunned down. And I realized this, that black murder is normal, but it should not be. And I realized the importance at the coffee table, at every headline, every pastor's gathering, every family gathering to say, you know what, these black lives matter. It's not just another black kid. These are human beings. I'm doing my best in every way, shape, and form. Talks like this everywhere I can go to say, you know what, I was born in a world where black murder was normal. My kids were born into a world where black murder is normal. But I don't want to die in a world where black murder is normal. And my five years or ten years away, I don't know, but I'm screaming as high as I can. Let's feel this. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest, Attorney Michelle Simpson, as well as Mustafa Body. This morning's discussion question, Janelle Monet says to cancel hip-hop, what say you? As you heard a pertinent TED Talk from White Mike, um, speaking from his perspective and just to throw out, if you recall a little what he was saying, he was he was talking in a sense to his own community when he's saying us and we are the problem. We've created this market, which has been mentioned, you know, earlier in, in the show. Um, Mustafa, I told you you would come out of the break. Go ahead, King. Give us your thoughts, and I'm going to get to the caller after you. Man, so much to unpack. Um, the caller <laughs> said something that, that brought a, a really vivid picture in my head. I, I told you I worked probation, and I worked – my first job assignment, job assignment uh, in probation was in detention. The kids come over to court every morning. They've uh, picked up offenses over the weekend or during the week. They come over. And what's really sad is they come over in shackles, literally in shackles. It looks like something out of enslavement. And one thing that I noticed as they came in, and we might sometimes on a Monday have 20, 30 kids show up. During the week, who knows how many kids show up. But they come in rapping, and they come in with those very violent, misogynistic lyrics, and that's what they're reciting. And it's, it's painful to watch because you see this, this stark image of young men who look like something out of our ugly past, but then you hear what's going through their head. What's that thing? You become what you think about the most. So no one can convince me when I seen this, witnessed it, talked to the young men who go out and commit all matter of crimes against each other, against other, against our sisters, against women. They're programmed because this is what they listen to all day. And they tell me, man, we go out and do we about to go out and do something hot. Man, we put on we put on some of the hardest rap we can get to get us amped up. This is the language they look to use. And then they smoke. And then they go and do something foul to another human being. This is the reality that I witnessed, and this is what pushed me to say, you know what, I've got to create a different narrative in their heads about who they can be, who they are. No one can convince me that this music, as my wife said, that separates us, that, that talks about our other half as if they're not a part of us, as if we did not come from them, you can't convince me that that's not damaging to our people. I hear you, Sister uh, Simpson. I hear you. I'm saying we're going to hold those artists accountable. We're going to hold them accountable. You're not going to just get away with thinking, this is putting money in my pocket. The same artist, the same, will send their child to a private school to get him or her away from our children. will promote a message that has those kids walking into that courtroom or that courthouse in shackles on a Monday. 
So let me say this to you, brother. Uh, that's, that's wait, my, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm finish. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. Last know you quick question. Can, and, and I heard every other culture, no. We are 12, 13% of the population. Maybe they can afford these negative images. We can't afford it. Our fathers are in jail. I also was a corrections officer. I saw men trying to commit suicide because they couldn't take it. Held them on my shoulders with sheets tied to their neck. We can't afford it. You, Montoya, you said something earlier as well. You said, I listened to Richard Pryor. Man, I grew up on Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor evolved. You evolved. We have a responsibility to communicate the most positive messages to our children who are listening to this garbage. Is hip-hop garbage? No. Rap is. Much of it is. We got to be honest. Anytime any music degrades our better half, it's garbage. I'm going to leave it at that, brother. So here's what I'm going to say to you. Because as you said, no one can convince you, and, I, and, I, and it's not necessarily my goal. I, I, I because you do this work, I, if you could, if you could open up to hear what I've said to you kind of many a time, and I'm gonna hopefully, hopefully say in a, in a way that you can at least be open to the perspective, and and the perspective is it the focus whether you intend for it or not. It sounds like it's completely about the music. I'm just saying, and that may not be exactly what you're saying, but I'm throwing it out there from this. Th- yeah, and, I, and I'm, saying, I'm saying I'm saying that, but I'm still trying to throw a perspective. In. So even though I, 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 I know that's not all you're saying, so I'm trying to say that I do understand that's not all you're saying. I, 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 but there's a lot of focus on it in in a way that I'm not sure that you are aware of, and at least in my opinion. Because what I'll say to you is, you know, that twenty. Those twenty, thirty that are showing up on a money Monday, the reality is, you know, me being a stats and numbers guy. If we were doing, if we were doing this forty years ago in the early eighties, that number was right. forty kids showing up on a Monday, and there was no rap music for them to recite, for it to be forty kids showing up. Like I'm just trying to put a real life perspective, and I absolutely know that when they go to do dirt. They put on the worst music that they can, but I put on with my fortunate with my fortunate upbringing in a little country town the same music I put on to go play football. So the energy and the perspective of it, I I, I absolutely understand and know they're doing that, but it's the same music white boys put on before they go into the boardroom to make a presentation to earn some money. I'm not making complete defense. I am trying to have you separate that they're showing up on Monday. Used to be way more than that in the eighties we can look at the numbers and there was no rap music influencing that. It's the reality of the environment. Um Michelle, any thoughts on what I'm saying and then we'll go to you, Calvin. I see you out there waiting. Yeah, I was just matter of fact, Michelle. Um, we actually only got a couple of minutes, so I got to give you the last. Yeah, you got you actually can get your and make sure you share with people if, they, if there's anything you give out publicly as far as how people can contact you. Make sure you give out as well. So I want to give you a final thought because I know we got to let you go. So let me say thank you, Queen. You've been excellent. 
appreciate you for making time for the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But, yeah, last thoughts and any public information you want to give out, please share with me. And if you do, uh, also um, send it via Facebook so I can put it up with the repost of the show. Thank you, Queen, for being on this morning. No problem. Thank you for having me. This has been a great discussion. I don't think any of us are completely opposed or diametric to what each other are saying. It's just different viewpoints of it and how to solve the problem. We're all acknowledging that there is a problem. I think we differ on what the solution is. And my thing is, if you were to take away all of the music, would there not be killings? Would there not be rapes? Would there not be these negative things? I don't believe that that's true. Um, But if you were to change the systemic issues that are causing this, would that change the music? And I believe that is true. So that's the, the most straightforward reason of why I have the viewpoint that I have is that I just think it's a way to make what we all want to work. Um, I do want to say as kind of closing thoughts that um, I know you said that you only, you know, had this topic stated the way you did because, you know, it kind of attracts viewers. But I want to challenge us to think associating stopping misogyny with ending hip-hop is the same thing we complain about when we say we want to end racism and there are white people that think we want to end America. Um, In an aspect, it's true, right, because there's so much racism Mm -hmm. in America in the current system where we're saying Mm -hmm. it's change, but they take it Mm -hmm. to the extreme and get offended um, in a way because they they want to hold on to that. And so for people who... Um, not saying you personally, but for people who feel completely no, challenged when we're saying we want to get rid of misogyny and hip-hop, you have to challenge yourself to say, it, do, I, am I, do I hold some value in it staying the way it is and not willing to do the hard work of changing? And one last thing is, yes, um, we did have artists in the past um, who grew, um, and transform, and you've got to allow time for these artists to grow and transform too. Mm-hmm. We could be a part of Agreed, that in right. educating them, but you got to come from a perspective of love and understanding most of the time. Uh, when you know somebody personally, you know when they need tough love and when they don't. When you don't right. know someone personally, I just find it's more um, positive if you really are trying to change them um, versus just tell them they're wrong and sit them in a corner somewhere um, and ostracize them from society. Some people that's appropriate depending on what they say and do, but if it's people that we consider a part of our community, a part of our family that we love, then the ways that you go about correcting them um, is to allow that change or revolution. A lot of these artists are very young, and as you see them get older, exactly. the, the messaging in their music often changes. Right. So I'll end, end that by saying my um, the best way to get in contact with me is through my website, www. Um, postsimpsonlaw.com, that's P-O-E, Simpson, S-I-M-P-S-O-N, law, L-A-W.com, and it has all my contact information as well as a description of the services I provide. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great discussion. I've not, you know, completely disagreed with almost anything. It's just a different um, nuance to it and and how do we actually solve the problem we, we all see. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Queen. You are wonderful. Um, We do nuance well on this show, so that's why we do it. So thank you so much for being on. We are up against the break. Callers, Calvin, I see you out there. Mickey, I see you out there. We're going to get you on when we come out of break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Another dollar, another day, I'm just trying to stay awake. Another candle on the cake, another morning, another eight. Mama say I'm losing weight. How much more I gotta wait before I catch a motherfucking break? Swear I got this feeling on my mind. I can't shake it, baby. 24 7 all the time, pretending I'm fine, I'm lying, can't take it no more. Every night. I got a dream, I was a prince, I was a king, I play with Brun, I got a ring, so what? Every movie, every scene, every song, everything, all remind me of one thing, hold up. Swear I got this feeling, baby. I really don't know what it is I'm feeling, baby. I gotta come to grips with the man that I become. Will I have any regrets when my run almost done? Oh, I used to pretend that I ain't know. Whoa. It's easier to shade than let it glow. What is increased by what these kids see in the videos and the guns and the stuff like that? Do you think, are you thinking this is having any impact? Don't you think that a kid listening to a radio station that is talking about zooming in the boom boom all day long and shaking butts and isn't that going to put sex on the minds of kids that may not otherwise or don't let anybody diss you and and they're thinking i gotta go take care of this person well see all rap music is not about that you've just taken a section of it just like all movies aren't pornos it's just a section of the movie all movies aren't rated r so you're just taking a, a portion and exposing that um the kids of America is violent because America is violent. She deals with her problems with the gun. So how do you expect the kids of America not to do the same thing? There's violence in South Africa and in other places in Africa because of the gun. Rap music ain't got nothing to do with that. So they invented the gun, and they've, they've made them very accessible in our community, easy to get to. You know, Why is nobody at the... Uh, or the Rifle Association, talking to them about about the guns in our community. No, see, you want to come to the bottom of the barrel. Even if we stopped doing the music today, wouldn't nothing change because we still have these forces. We still have poverty. We still have frustration. We still have weapons. And there you have it. It's true. It's true, and you're right. People lump all rap music together. I'm as guilty of it as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, No problem. No problem. (laughs) I want to get you out of here at 628, I promise to you. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Danielle Monet said to cancel hip-hop, what say you? I got special guest Mustafa Marion. I just brought on another special guest. If you hopefully you've been enjoying the breaks 
uh, brother Joe Bleeds, who's been on the show before uh, from Square Business Entertainment. We're featuring his album. And again, brother Mustafa, thank you. I didn't even realize you had heard some of his music before from listening to the show. Yeah, so I definitely I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that highlight. Um, but I'm glad to have that brother on. Um, if you will, Joe Bleeds, if you will, say say hello real quick. I'm going to get a quick thought to you. i got callers that are waiting for a while, so I'm going to give you a, a quick thought from whatever little bit you heard. And, then, and again, glad to showcase your music. Always proud to do it. I don't hide from anyone that this is a great friend of mine but uh, who, who I tried to get in the music industry years ago with, uh, but he's back doing it full throttle, um, a full album release, uh, bet on myself. Uh, but just any thoughts on what you're hearing? You and I both grew up as Ice Cube fans, and, and that interview was way back in 93 when he was a young man articulating um, his perspective about the music that we was raised on. And, and we and we came to love uh, India, NWA and uh, Ice Cube even when he broke away. Uh, we loved him. Uh, but that perspective is what we thought as young people, the same as he thought. Um, your thoughts in reference to this morning's discussion before I go to a caller. But thanks for being on with us, King. Thank you so much, Montoya. I appreciate it, man. Um, I have really enjoyed this morning's discussion with uh, Michelle and Mustafa. Um, and uh, just an awesome discussion. I, uh, one of the things that I can add, you know, uh, the fact that I've been doing music for so long. I am 45 years old now, and I've been doing it since wow. I was 15. But, like, the music that I did at 25 was very, very different in the topics and the things that I talk about now, you know, and I just I just think about, you know, the fact like Tupac died at age 25, and I just think how different would his music be now at age That's 45 deep. when I see how misogynistic my lyrics were at 25 and how wow. some of that stuff I would never play on record at 45. And, you know, like if, if, if Malcolm X had a died at 25, he'd have been Detroit Red instead of Malcolm X, you know what I mean? That's so right. Like, you know, most That's of right. the music is made by people that are 21 and under or at least 30 and under. So they really haven't, and most of these guys didn't have no dad. So, so mm. as we mature later on, you know what I'm saying, uh, our topics, and, the, and our perspective on these topics will definitely uh, mature along with us, hopefully. But And, and as uh, hip-hop continues to mature and grow older, hopefully we can uh, start to have more mature topics in a, in a different perspective. But I have, I just want to say I really enjoyed this morning's uh, discussion, and everybody did a wonderful job. And, and thank you very much uh, for, uh, you know, playing my music and Thank you for all of your uh, your ideas this morning. I appreciate it. No, no, absolutely. Thank you for being on with us. So we're hearing it from the artist perspective, uh, as as you as you just heard, Mustafa. I know it's something that you can understand, because uh, yeah, I was I was with him when he was young, and so I was running around promoting that that same misogynistic. You know, maybe, and you know, we always knew we wasn't we wasn't taking it to the nth degree. You know, like a too short, if you will. That was never our style, coming where we're coming from. But you know, not to take any claim to fame, just because we wasn't as bad as too short, we were still bad. Let's just call it for what it was. Absolutely. But I was promoting that right. stuff as well as a young man. And you know, and the, you know, the man you met, Mustafa, obviously is that's not where I'm at. So I'm in this fight with you. I'm not even fighting against you. I think Michelle said it best. Neither none of us are diametrically opposed. Um, to to what we're talking about is just it's just perspectives and you know how do we attack the culture is what I think is somewhat the issue. But let me go to my man Calvin, who's always extremely passionate out of South Carolina. What you got for us, King? Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. 
Good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> morning. Uh, good morning. How you doing, brother? Uh, first of all, uh, Janelle can sit her several seats down. She can have several seats down. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling. He's passionate. So let me let, let me let Kevin get it all out. Go ahead, King. Run it down. Run it down like you always run it down. Hey, apologize to the Jewish community. For what? They're the ones who pushed this whole thing. They're the ones who own the record companies that told them young boys they don't want no positive rap. They want gangster rap, gangster rap, gangster rap, gangster Agreed. rap. And destructive rap. That's their community, yes. that's the fact. So they that's the fact. last person that can tell us anything. Those are the ones who bring sexuality and all this LGBT and Janelle. She pushes that death style, too. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people are on that tan list. I have not, no respect <laughs> for anything that destroys the black family. And those lifestyles destroy the black family way more than any gangster rap ever did. And those facts. Because we choose not to have I that. I know there's not a fact. So I got to check you now. So I, got you, I got you. I brought you on early enough this week to be, for me to check you, Kevin. <laughs> so let me check you real quick. <laughs> let me check you real quick. It is not a fact. Let me, let me jump in. I'm going to let you finish. Look, but I'm going to check you. I'm going to stop before you go too far because I know how far you run with it. So let me jump in. It is Dude, not a fact. That, let, me, let me say, come on, let me, let me talk, brother. It is not a fact I got that those lifestyles mess up the black community more than gangster rap. The, the reality is what? all cultures, let me say it, I'll let you respond. All cultures have people that are going to love who they love, and it's not always heterosexual love. That's a reality to the extent that that in existence is not, it's not a destruction of what's going on in our community. Now, what I always say, and the LGBT community doesn't like this, that now what we do know, there is still an agenda, and it's what you are always talking about, Kevin. There is an agenda mm-hmm. within the media to push some of that in our community. So I'm not disagreeing with that agenda existing, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. let you sit up here and tell us that that has destroyed our black families. I push back against the agenda in existence through the media. I, I'm willing to say that, okay. um, but it has not destroyed more of our families. Our, okay. our families were destroyed well, right. you know, fortunately in this country, well before that even became an agenda. That agenda doesn't can, help us, but don't say that right. it destroys our communities. That's not fair. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Go ahead. I just want to ask Kevin. Here's the problem with uh, no, we're gonna let, we're gonna let Mustafa ask yeah. you a question, Kevin. Kevin, step, hold back, Kevin. Hold back, Kevin. Mustafa want to ask you something. Real quick, and I, I hear your passion about uh, homosexuality and all of that. My question, uh-huh. and on point, on, on target, how do you feel misogyny has affected the black family? And that's it. Great question. Oh, Great well, question. I mean, we, they all – Don't stumble now, family. Kevin. Don't stumble no, now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm messing with you, brother. I'm messing with you. Oh, trust me. Go ahead. Trust go ahead, Kevin. This, this, is a, this is something that ain't part of my feelings. This is something that's factual. What I mean by factual, why they even have an agenda for that? Because this is the nail. Now, listen, no, answer, answer, answer brother, Mustafa. We don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time, Calvin. Calvin, Calvin, I'm going to cut you. Work with me, brother. Answer Mustafa's question. We don't have a lot of time before break. 
Give me a direct answer to what Mustafa asked you. Which of the two, which one you think has hurt us more? That's kind of what he's asking you. What are your thoughts on that real quick? Instead I mean, of answering mine, answer Mustafa's right, question. Well, first of all, explain the misogyny part, because that's, that's a little bit different out of my uh, thing. What's uh, see, misogyny? Now you're ducking and dodging. Hey. Now we got to give you the specific no, no, definition. No, 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 you know no, what misogyny what is, Captain. You know what misogyny is. No, no, Your version of misogyny. How about that? Your version, not his version. No, I don't you believe misogyny to be. I'm honest to tell you, I don't know what that word means. Let me tell you. Now, I'm telling you, I hear it all the time. But but I don't okay. know what it is. Uh, so that's why I tell you what it is, brother. Uh, he gonna tell you. He gonna tell you what that's profound. That is actually profound, and I'm, I appreciate your honesty, brother, more than you know. Misogyny, in essence, is a hatred, an innate or an internal, unknown reason that males fear or have a dislike or a hatred or a need to oppress. Women and in our case, speaking of oh, how oh, do you okay, think I you. that? I got you. I got you. Okay, cool. I got you. I got you. All right, so right, this is what we're gonna do. Now, we're gonna do our last it. break, and Kevin, you're gonna okay. get to respond coming out of the break. We are up against our last break. Okay. All right, listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. <laughs> so it got it got so excited. I didn't even have I didn't even have the next commercial commute. I mean, not the next commercial, <laughs> but the next song queued up. Uh, I love it, man. That's what we do. This is I love our audience. I love everybody. If you're out there, we didn't even give out the number that much because I've been getting the conversation's been going so well. But let me give out the number just in case my don't sneak in on the last um, segment. The number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you pay. Shawty super bad, that she know it yeah. Got a lot of ass, that she show it Tryna play it cool, I'm about to blow it Toya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Nothing against hip hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip hop don't do? See, hip hop don't sing about love no more. Nope. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue <laughs> Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest Mustafa Mahdi, as well as 
our featured artist, Joe Bleas, is on the line with us as well. And just perfectly on cue, as you were saying, Joe Bleas, you don't talk about that stuff no more. Slow it down. <laughs> Comes up in perfect, <laughs> in perfect timing. Just to say, hey, it's still, it's still in you, brother. It's still in you. It's, it's, just, it's just one of the songs on the album, not six of them. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In my defense, though, in my defense, the topic of the song is I'm trying to slow it down, and I'm not trying to do the same stuff that I used to do. I don't do the Absolutely. same thing. So, you know, my partners all want to have me. a good Absolutely. time. They want to go out. Yeah, they want to go out and have a good time. But I'm like, hey, let's just slow it down a little bit. So, but yeah, I'm checking up at that as well, my toy. Nah, perfect, perfect. Let's get Calvin back on. So you, now that he understands what misogyny means, and like I said, it was dope that he was able to say clarify what it means. So I, I know you appreciated that, um, Mustafa. So let's get Calvin to see yes, with sir. his response sir. in reference yes, to uh, and, misogyny and versus I, I, the LGBTQ agenda. Kind of, right. kind of where I think where Mustafa okay. was going. Which one? What? How do you feel this right. affected I, our community, if you will? Go ahead, King. I'm a I'm going to go to that because I had a question I put out here earlier this week about something. And the reason why that was not part of my uh, uh, dictionary word is because I heard that word all the time from people in, like you said, the LGBT and other communities. They throw that right word around a lot, but it never became part of my psyche. Why? Because it's a false narrative. It's a way to get away from the real problem. Because, what? like I used to tell women, I said, where was all this super hate for men and women? See, we never had no power over women like that, not in America. It was the white man who had power over his woman. That's where that whole feminist movement thing came about. That was because white men were suppressing white women. And then they used our women to help fight their battles. We ain't never been hating black women like that. That ain't until recent days that you see boys going out of their mind, getting drugged up, and start beating on their women like they're crazy and whatnot. We've always loved mama. Even like I say, even when mama was a crack scene mama, you always was a black queen mama. That's a false narrative they they trying to pin on black men, which is a oh, lie. God. <laughs> I'm sorry. So let me it's jump in. Nah, let me let me jump in. Let me jump in. I'm gonna let the stop for respond uh, too. So let me let me jump in, y'all. Let me jump in. I'm, I don't want to mute wait, anybody. Wait. So let me jump uh-huh. in. So and then I'm gonna let Mustafa respond as well. So I'm gonna say this to you, Calvin. In reference to how the feminist movement runs themselves, I think there's some accuracy in what you're saying and how they push their movement. I will give you that much. What I'm gonna tell you is, as you know, I've been doing this show for five years, and you've been a, you know, an avid listener for a number of years with mm-hmm. us. But, but I will tell you, uh, as often as you know, you do call, and I'm not, I'm not pointing you out. I'm making, I'm, I'm really pointing out our community overall with this. I'm just going to use you as an example, so don't take this personal. But the calls oh, I never get, the cancels, the calls I never get. I have three shows that I can do, and I know I'm not going to get a call of the entire show. Now, other topics, I'll get callers from all over the country. But when I do a show, um domestic violence in our community, if I do a show mm-hmm. on sexual abuse of children in our community, or if I do a show about sexual harassment of women, black women right. specifically, mm-hmm. I get no callers. 
I, I, I get disheartened, and, and I, would make, I make a huge effort at reaching out to people individually. Can you come share your story? And I'll wow. get some women that will do it. I've even went as far as to walk down and ask some men who are, because this is the perspective you never get, but we love to do hard conversations on race and sex on this show. I've even reached out to some men who have been perpetrators and begged them to give me a perspective. They, they never step up to the plate. And let me give you another number when you say, this is, this is, we have never done this while I applaud. You're absolutely right. The way we look at black mothers is definitely highlighted no matter what they have done. So I will give you know, so I know where you're going with that perspective, but here's the reality. Ages 15 to 44, women, injuries from domestic violence, are more than rape, murder, battery combined. And that's happening in our community too. And we won't talk about it. So this more is, so in our community. The more so in our community, uh, brother. Well the, the more so the more so yeah. Whoa, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, 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 Let me say this and then I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Mustafa talk. But I'm I'm still again about being very accurate. The more so, Mustafa, is more of a result of the socio socioeconomic factor than an aspect because the way that stat is even given, it is given as if there's a bigger problem in the African-American community where the reality mm-hmm. is you see more levels of violence with poorer people. And unfortunately, since there is a segment of our community that, that, that lives below poverty, you, you're seeing some higher right. numbers. It's not right. 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 So I just like to be very accurate um, on that versus just saying it's more because I saw Kevin about to push back. So I'm giving it out as accurate oh, as I yes, can. Sir. But the biggest pushback, the biggest pushback I can give you, Kevin, is the reality and knowing we've never wanted to look at the dirt under that rug. So it's always been a problem well before rap music existed. So let me just say all of that. Now for your thoughts, and I'll go back to Kevin before I'll, I let you go. Go ahead, um, Mustafa. Uh, it, it, you're on point, and I, I agree. It's, it's as a percentage. It's the fact that we more of us are in poverty. But I have to say this, and, and I hope it's not taken the wrong way. When when I look at issues in any society, I'm a black man first. I'm not gonna say I don't care about anybody else's issues, but in essence, if I'm gonna target an issue. Charity begins at home. I'm going to deal with the issues that my people face first. Do a survey. Brother Calvin, I'm going to ask you to do this if I never talk to you again. When you leave okay. this phone call, call, I mean not call, talk to. Just go up and ask, and it's going to be a painful thing to hear. Some of the sisters in your community, have you ever dealt with, have you ever been oh, yeah. molested? Have you ever I've done all that. Oh, God, brother. No, 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 not me, not me, not me, I not me. That. But I'm, I'm talking to victims and whatnot. No, no, right. I'm telling you, I know, we know what you meant. We, we didn't take it the wrong way. We didn't take it the wrong way. Go ahead. I, did, yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did this in a class when I was in college, and uh, it was a, a mostly mostly sisters in the room. And uh, it was a writing class, and the, the professor said, I want you to, if you can, just share some. Man, the room was in tears. Virtually every woman in that room, every and all of them were black. I probably was one of three males out of maybe 30 people. Every one of them had either been molested, sexually molested as a child or raped as an adult and by a black man. So 
I'm not. When I say that we are dealing with it more so, I know every culture deals with it. But my focus has always been and will be to the day I die. What is best no, for I'm my people? That. Let me, let me, let me, we got a little bit of time, so I got to kind of jump in and close this thing out. Um, Kevin, I'm going to give you one last thought because you have been a, you've been a, okay. a, a great a great you know contributor to the show, and I've you know definitely left you on a little longer, but yeah. I want to give you one quick, make it quick, because I got I only got a few minutes before I can close the show. Yeah, out. Yeah, the yeah. last thought from you. All right. Now this, but don't don't get me wrong. I know all that about what happens in our community, as far as the abuse and things of that sort. But my thing, the issue is when we're talking about one thing, we try to part it off on another thing. Yes, we got several issues. We got so many issues that it's ridiculous. And most of those issues come from the lack of resources True. and poverty. Now, True. for us to be the most abusive men, that is a, I'm sorry, but a lie. Because you got that's not what I said. Cultures. And Mustafa didn't necessarily no, say no, that. No, he didn't no, necessarily no, say no, that, but no, no, no that's no, fair. No. What, what I'm saying is most cultures, by their culture, is abusive to their women. We just is out of yeah, frustration of not having money or being broke or being on drugs. See, we got to have something that makes us do that. And then, like I said, too, if you go to the jailhouse, most of those brothers, those young men in them jailhouse came from single, I'm sorry, parent homes, and which parent did it come from? So you oh, put, a lot of the women out there. I'm not, I'm not going to let you stick that on them, you know what but, I'm saying? But not having a father is a major no, issue. But thank you so no, much no, no, for no, your no, thoughts, no, Kevin. No, I got to no, 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 close no. this thing out with both of my guests. <laughs> but appreciate you for getting all on with us this all morning. Go ahead, Mustafa. I'm gonna, I'll see you biting at the bit. Go ahead and get it out, brother. Um, we only got a few minutes. Well, so I got to let Joe Bleed say something before okay, we close. I'll try to be brief. Basically, um, yes, fatherless families are, are, and you and I talk about this often, are a big part of the problem. That's not to point the finger at black men. Some of the best fathers in the world are black men. That's that's research. Research has indicated that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But back to I the totally point. Did that back, out of power. Yeah. Absolutely. Back to the point. We must not ignore what Sister Janelle said. If our sisters are saying to us, please treat us as people who you love, show us respect, try to find better ways to talk about us in the music. If the sister is saying this and then other sisters are chiming in, we need to hear that. I hear it. I know you do, Brother Montoya, and all we're trying to do today is yeah, say, I can't disagree with listen that. to what the sister is Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Now nah, that's a strong, that's a strong thought. Uh, Bleeds, I got you for a second, man. Again, love your music. Um, tell people, you know, give us a thought and tell people where they can get the music because you know they can obviously come back and listen to this show, but you know if they want to just hear the music itself, uh, just you know one quick thought and how they can get more of your music. Absolutely. Uh, again, great points by everybody. I really enjoyed all of that, and I've taken it all to heart as well, and just. Uh, you know, understood that I will have a different awareness the next time I get ready to put pen to paper just thinking about awesome. some of the things that we talked about this morning. So um, awesome. that's that's a good thing that came out of this conversation. Um, Indeed. The, 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 the place that you can find the music is any of your um, your favorite streaming platform, Joe, B-L-E-E-Z. The name of the album is Bet On Myself. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you very much. My Instagram is JoeBleeds21. Thanks a lot. Hey, go find that brother again. Make it hip hop for 
you know, a lot of us say there's no good hip hop anymore. I, I think it's the hottest album out, not just because it's my best friend. I, I still listen to a lot of music, and that, that, that CD, that well, I see, I, see, I still call it a CD. Uh, it's riding. So thank you, brother um, Joe Bleach. Thank you, Mustafa. Y'all have been wonderful. I think this is a very in-depth discussion. And um, as you just heard Bleach say, he's gonna think different when he puts pen to paper. So if nothing else came out of it, just that alone tells us that we made a difference. Thank you so much. You were vital to this conversation, Brother Mustafa. Um, if you, if there's any public information you want to give out, shoot it out. You got 10 seconds, so make it quick. Oh, just uh, when we when we start up Smart Moves Chess, I'm going to holler back at you right now because of COVID. We can't do it, but we're going to be starting up as soon as this dies out, and hopefully that'll be soon. All right, and with that said, I'm going to close us out with another cut from Joe Bleed. So if you've been listening, just sit back and enjoy this last song from Brother Joe Bleeds, again, go find him on all streaming platforms. This is Top Floor. I love this song as well. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Oh,